0: are you guys doing? Are you guys fired up? Are you guys zesty? Are you guys zesty? Are you getting zestier? And I I hope so, because I, I hope you're not just getting zesty, because our series is called The Zesty Life, and it's inspired by the book of Romans, which is exciting, I think. The book of Romans is so good. But here's the thing. We really believe, and I believe, that if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, and you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you, you should be zesty, you should have zest in your life. It should be uh, just pouring out of you. And if not, I want to encourage you to do that. And, and, and last week, um, Pastor Carl talked about, really, maybe we need to simplify our lives. Maybe we need to simplify our belief. Maybe we need to simplify and just really focus on Jesus. His his title of the sermon was simply Jesus. Getting all the other clutter, getting all the distraction, getting all the uh, religious things in our lives, and just basically focusing on the main thing that really counts, our Lord and Savior. Amen? And that should get us just And I want to actually take it a step further from that because there is benefits that come, that has, uh, uh, coming from faith in Jesus. How many guys like the bennies? Of, of Jesus Christ. How many of you guys have a good job that have good bennies? Amen. About two or three of you, The rest of you guys, well, my job sucks. <laughs> no bennies for me, right? And if you like their bennies, awesome. You're, God has blessed you with the good bennies. Um, but here's the one bennie, the benefit that I want to talk to you about, the salvation that comes through Jesus Christ. This simple faith in Jesus, you get this one thing, freedom. Amen. Yeah, yep, there you go. Freedom. Freedom. I mean, that's what you get. And, and I, I, freedom connotates a lot of things, and you can define that in so many ways. We live in America, if you didn't check, right? We live in the U.S. There's no communism. There's nobody telling us who and when to worship or whatever it is. We have freedom. Thank you, Lord, Jesus. And we can do that. Um, but also, when you hear freedom, this is what I think of. Freedom means you can do whatever you want. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. Let me tell you, sometimes that's not a good thing. I mean, let me, let me hearken back a memory in your brain. I think every single person has experienced this. Remember the time when you're old enough for your parents to leave you home alone? Like for like, they went to the mainland or something and they left you at home for like a week or two. Remember that time? Remember like, I can do whatever I want, which means eat cereal three times a day. Come on, I'm not the only one. You can play video games all night, me and Brad, come on, right? I'm gonna be honest here, raid the liquor cabinet, come on! (laughs) I know we're in church now, but don't be all holy on me. Come on! And, and you know what? After a week of doing that, I was begging my parents to come back home, like, Dad, come home and cook for me, please. i mean, i been mean, eating cereal and bologna sandwiches for a week. Please, I need some real food. I need some help. That's not true freedom. But here, what I'm talking about is what Jesus gives us is freedom in Christ. And that is a totally, completely different thing, and it's an amazing thing. But here's the deal. A lot of us know we have freedom in Jesus Christ. You guys are shouting about it. We sang it in these songs today. We are free in Jesus Christ. You probably have read it in the Bible. We've preached it many times that we are dead to sin and that we are free from it, from from what Jesus did. We're going to be celebrating Easter pretty soon. And that's what we know. We know the truth. But I really believe there's a difference between knowing that you're free and walking like you are free and living the freedom in Jesus Christ, and actually experiencing the freedom of of Christ. It's two different things, and I want to take you guys now from just knowing to living it. That's why it's called Live Free. This is what the title is, that you're actually walking it, that you actually know what it means to experience the freedom of Jesus Christ. I am a surfer. Any surfers out there? Not too many. Okay. I hope you like this analogy. Um, One of the best things you can do as a surfer, uh, you know, today they have, like, Kelly Slater does 360 aerials and all that, but still, Kelly Slater will say that one of the best things you can do is to get barreled. Come on, come on, surfers, give me an amen. Come on, come on. Come on, Bryson, thank you. (laughs) Bryson's all, yes, you are correct, sir. That's, (laughs) and actually, I want to take it a step above that. One of the best things you can do is get barreled at Banzai Pipeline on the North Shore. Anybody know that we have one of the best breaks on the island? That all, Everyone from the world surfs this one spot called Banzai Pipeline. And so um, my friend came down from California, and he's all, dude. <laughs> That's how they talk in California. Dude, I want to go surf Pipeline. I'm all, okay, I'll take you to Pipeline. And here's, I know, anybody that comes from the mainland and says, I want to surf Pipeline, they want to go in the water, and it could be completely flat. They want to just paddle around their board and go in the showers and go back home and go, I surf Pipeline, guys. That's what they want to do. They want to brag, even though they didn't catch any waves, whatever. And so I'm all, okay, let's go. And so I'm, I'll take you to Pipeline. So we go to Pipeline, and I'm praying along the way. I'm all, Lord Jesus, don't let it be big. Because I don't surf those big waves, whatever. And I drove up to the parking lot. It was it was about double overhead. It was just, you know, I'm, I'm double over, over my head. It's pretty big. And uh, it, was, it was good, decent size, but it wasn't like humongous or anything. Well, okay, thank you, Lord. So we went out, and I remember I was the only one out. Everyone caught a wave or whatever it was, and I was like, ooh, I'm going to paddle out a little more because I'm going to catch the big set. And I remember the set came in. I was like, "Oh no, God, answer my prayers. Uh-oh. And uh, <laughs> this one came in. I'm just like, okay, I'm going for it. And you got to, at Pipe, you got to paddle for your life. I mean, you got to do it, because if you don't, you're not going to make that wave, because it pitches so far out, and, um, and so I got, I got down the line. I got in the perfect position, and this is a surfer term, so please excuse me. I got totally shacked which means you got covered in water and the whole thing is just was throwing out like this. And I, and I know I'm totally exaggerating because it wasn't that big, but I know I was going like this. Like, oh, <laughs> I was just like hands raised. I'm just like, it was amazing. And then actually pipe is so cool because it actually spits on you. It's weird because the way the, the wave does, it actually spits water on your back as you're coming out. And so I shot out of the barrel and the spit hit me. I'm just like, I'm like, yeah, you know, (laughs) and it gets better because I got out. I was like this, and then I see my friend paddling out. He saw the whole thing. His mouth dropped wide open. His eyes were like this, and I'm just like, yeah, baby, welcome to Pipe. And I was just like (laughs) fully claiming it, and you know, seriously, all the locals were probably laughing at me because I'm, it was probably small. I'm just like, like, dude, are you kidding me? Like, that's ridiculous. Look at this guy. They're probably laughing at me. But um, I, I, I got barreled at pipe, guys. Come on. And li- literally one of the best barrels of my life, to be honest with you. And you know what? You can actually ex- experience the same thing. You can get barreled at pipe. How? Go home today. Go online. Go on YouTube and type in Pipe pipeline barrel and you know what there's probably some guy who got his gopro got barreled at pipe and was like this and you can actually stand in front of your computer you can stand like you're getting barreled like this and get maybe spray water on your face and you can get barreled but i guarantee you're not gonna have the same feeling that i have and here's the th- same thing about god's freedom you can know in your brain you can read about it you can sing about it are you walking in it are you experiencing it? Is it something that you have lived? And you're going, you know what? I have freedom in Christ. And I want to give you a little bit of some pointers of how to actually walk, not just know it. Are you guys ready? Yeah. And if you know it, you will have the zesty life. Let me tell you, you will have zest because you're going, dude, my God is good. He has freed me from so much. And here's what Jesus said. I want to start off with the first scripture of Jesus. In Jesus 8, verse, uh, Jesus 8. there is no book of Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> i'm a little loopy it's 11 o'clock service okay john uh 8 31. and it is the word of jesus jesus said um you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free, free. but we are descendants of abraham they said we have never been slaves to anyone what do you mean you will be set free Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. any Everyone who sins is a slave to sin, which is the truth. If you sin, you're a slave. It's your master. A slave is not a permanent member of the family, but a son is part of the family forever. So if the son, capital S, by the way, so if the son sets you free, you are truly free. Amen. Now that is some good word right there. That is some incredible word, capital son, son of God, saying, "If I have set you free, you are free indeed," and you should live that, and you should take that, and go, whoa, wait, and it should, it should affect your life. And here's, here's what I want to define freedom at it, what freedom is in Christ. It's being in the sweet spot. You know what a sweet spot is. It's like on tennis racket, there's a certain spot when you hit it with the, the, the ball with that sweet spot, it'll do exactly what you want it to do. In um, surfing, you stand right. And I don't know what else terms. The golfing, anybody golfers? You have the sweet spot on your golf, and that's when you can hit it at the perfect spot, and it goes the furthest. Well, I really believe true freedom in Christ is when you're in the sweet spot of the Lord's will. You're, you're like God has a plan for you, Jeremiah 2011. He has a plan and a purpose for your life. but if you find yourself in the sweet spot where God wants you to be and actually has created you to be because He made you wonderfully and he has a plan for you, He has his glory intended. If you actually find yourself in there, I really believe that's true freedom. It's freedom is not doing exactly what you want. Freedom is knowing what God wants for you. And that's why, why uh, Paul opens Romans with, uh, I, I am Paul, a slave of Jesus Christ, because I am this, in the sweet spot of where he wants to be, uh, where God wants him to be. And so um, in Romans 12, this is one of my, I'm going to throw you all my good Romans uh, favorite scriptures here. Romans 12 is one of my personal favorites. Uh, and it says this. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. Um, Can I uh, remind you guys that um, he's not asking? He's actually, Paul is pleading that you guys do this. He's not going, hey, I have a suggestion. You know, he's going, dude, this is, if anything that you've read in Romans, I want you to get this. I plead with you to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, uh, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. That should get you excited. I, that should have peaked... That should pique your interest because I don't know why you come to church. You probably come to church for a lot of reasons. Maybe you come because the seats are really comfy. Maybe you come because the worship does great worship, which they do, okay? And you get, you're get rocking, it gets you going. Uh, maybe you like the fellowship. Maybe you really like what we offer in the vending machines. You're like, "They have Tiger's Milk. I love this church." I don't know why you come to this church, but I I would have to take a pretty good guess that one of the reasons why you come to church is because you want answers. Yes. You want purpose in your life. You want to know, you want to have an inkling of what God has for you, and you go, "I want to find that out." Not just in the general God has a plan for all of us. Yeah. You want to know what God has for you specifically, yeah. and you're looking for answers. And Paul says, I got the answer. You want to find, you want to learn God's good, pleasing, and perfect will? Well, guess what? Give your bodies as a living sacrifice. Oh, that's pretty heavy. You're like, wait, I want the second part, but I don't like the first part. That I have to give myself as a living sacrifice. And we're going to get to that later. And maybe you're thinking, oh man, Tom, that's like, that's a high standard. That's a high calling to give my whole body as a living sacrifice to the Lord. How can I do that? I'm a dirty sinner. I don't deserve to come here. I'm a wretched person. Right? Maybe one or two of you. Or maybe all of you. Me too. And can I just say one thing? You are in good company. (laughs) <laughs> because you know, I, I love that saying, like, oh, church is full of hypocrites. Thank the Lord. <laughs> thank the Lord that all of us hypocrites have some place to go <laughs> on a Sunday morning. <laughs> yeah? I, I mean, thank the Lord. And and you know what's really encouraging? Let me read Romans to you. Here's the Apostle Paul. The great apostle Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. He says this, Romans 7. He says, you know what? You are in good company because I'm one of them. He says uh, in verse 18, I know that nothing good lives in me. Wow. That's, that's, That's Apostle Paul here. That is in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. But if I do what I don't want to do, I am really the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. Anybody thanking the Lord that they came to church tonight, uh, today? Like, oh my gosh, look at Paul. He's in the same boat as me. I do what I don't want to do. And he keeps on, he keeps on going. I have discovered this principle of life. That when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart, but there is another power within me that is at war within my mind. This power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Check your Bible. It's in there. Apostle Paul is saying, I am a miserable, heathen, sinner, dirty person. I do not belong here. Then he asks a really good question. And what is the question? Who will free me from this? That is uh, this life that is dominated by sin and death. Who will he, who will free me from this? Get this. Thank God, the answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. I mean, bottom line. So you see how it is. In my mind, I really want to do uh, to obey God's law, but because of my sinful nature, I am a slave to sin. And here. Paul is being honest. I'm a human being with sin in my life, and I have struggles. I have a sinful nature. I have this battle and this war within me. And then if you read Romans chapter six, and I can't read all the scriptures because it's pretty long, but he just basically states one thing. Well, you know what? Thank you for Jesus Christ. I have the answer. And, and what did he do? He died for us. He, he put his, himself on the cross to lay all of our baggage, all of our problems, all of our sin, even though he was sinless, and he carried it for us, and he died for in, our, in our place. Thank you, Lord. And then he rose again from the grave three days later. And in one act that we celebrate on Easter, he conquered sin and he conquered death. Yeah. Yeah. He forgave us of our sins and he can give us eternal life in Jesus Christ. And then Paul goes on in Romans 6 and he says this. Because of that, 6.14, sin is no longer your master for you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of of God's grace. Romans 8, 1 says this. So now there is no condemnation. There is no pointing fingers. There's no one saying, you're wrong. There's no one saying, Jesus himself saying, I am not pointing my finger at you. There is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. I, I, and because you belong to him, the power of life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. He's making it very clear that you are actually free from sin, and you know what? I don't have to take a poll right now, like what sin that that is a master is is a master of you, because you already know what that is. And uh, I have this example of what I have been, uh, what has mastered my life, uh, and maybe you can join me in this uh, grievance. Is I'm addicted to caffeine. Don't make me don't make me feel like I'm alone here. You're Red Bulls, that's caffeine. You're You're Monsters. Come on, that caffeine Starbucks. Come on, the double espresso. I mean, you, I mean, you notice that you're going, uh, you did two shots, but now you do three shots. Come on. And I was addicted to coffee, caffeine, and I would, ha- I would have to have it straight in the morning because I needed that to get me going. I needed it at the 11 o'clock hour just to get, okay, cool, because I like the taste, awesome, cool, whatever it is. When 2 p.m. came around, dude, it was all about double shot with an extra Red Bull on the side. Come on, keep me going here. Now, I have no problem with, uh, with caffeine, so don't get me wrong. It's not sin. But here's one thing I decided to do about a month ago. I decided, you know what? I'm going to wean myself off of caffeine. <laughs> I'll say I got a hallelujah for that. Amen. I, I decided to be a little bit more healthy, and I didn't want to be held back because I had to do this. And so I decided, you know what? I'm going to move to tea. So I did, I did tea for a while, and it's because it's a little less caffeine. I did the black tea. And then actually right now, I am caffeine free. I, I, have, I have not, there's no Red Bull in this body right now. Come on, let me tell you. And can I remind you, I've been here since 6.30 in the morning. And this is the 11 o'clock service. This is about the time when I go kind of loopy. I am caffeine free right now. I don't have to. At 2 p.m., I've discovered that I have more energy. I've been eating healthier, just um, drinking more water. I have more energy consistently throughout the day. I own 2 p.m. I own 2 p.m. I don't have to take a break or I don't have to drive off the road looking for a 7-Eleven or a Starbucks. Oh, no, I can't make it home because I'm going to fall asleep. I don't have to do that. Coffee is not my master. Okay? And I'm stating that now, but maybe next week you might catch me with... what well. and, and isn't sin like that? You might not know it, but sin... It's at 2 p.m. Oh, I have to go and sin now. <laughs> Come on, right? I mean, let's just be real here. There's temptations. There's all these things that sin is, has become our master. And without us knowing it, it's controlled us. And Jesus comes along and says, no, I have set you free from that. And I love what it says. I think it's in Romans 8. I love the way he puts it. You're not, you're not obligated to listen to sin. No longer. Before, you had to. It's like, oh, I need my, oh my, I need my sin fixed right now. Right now, you can say, no. And you can actually choose still to sin, but now you're not obligated to follow it because it's no longer your master. Jesus is. Yes, amen. Amen. I want to read uh, from Romans 6, and bear with me. It's a little long, but I, I was like, man, I really got to read this. And Romans 6, verse 19 uh, there's a message version says this. I'm using this freedom language because it's easy to picture. You can readily recall, can't you? How at one time, the more you did just what you felt like doing, not caring about others, not caring about God, the worse your life became and less, and the less freedom you had. How true is that? And how much different it, it, is it now as you live in God's freedom, your life's healed and expansive in holiness. As long as you did what you felt like doing, ignoring God, you didn't, have, uh, you didn't have to bother with right thinking or right living or right anything for that matter. But do you call that a free life? What did you get out of it? Nothing you're proud of now. Where did it get you? A dead end. But now that you found you don't have to listen we're obligated to sin, to tell you what to do, and have discovered the delight of listening to God telling you. What a surprise a whole, healed, put together life right now with more and more of life on the way. Work hard for sin your whole life, and your pension is death. But God's life is real life, eternal life, delivered by Jesus, our master. Right. Now, come on. I, I, I wanted to read that whole thing because that's so powerful. And the, and the most awesome thing is we are no longer obligated because it's not our master anymore. Yeah, maybe you still sin, but you know what? You have the choice and the power of the Holy Spirit to go, nope, I don't have to do that anymore. And the most amazing thing is, what, what is freedom? It, it frees you. Christ has freed you not to do whatever you want. He's freed you to accomplish God's incredible plan for your life. He's freed you to do something that you couldn't do in your sin, in your struggles, in your whatever it was, because it was holding you back. I mean, think about Paul, for example, the Apostle Paul. What did he do before he became a Christian, before he became the Apostle Paul? He killed Christians. His name was Saul, and he killed Christians. He chased after Christians and killed them. Because he was a zealous um, a, a, a priest in, in, the, in the Pharisees' uh, club, whatever it was. And he was one of the leaders, and he was zealous for that. And you know what? I think that resume will make it hard for him to become an apostle. Yeah. Well, what did you used to do? You want to become an apostle? What do you, what do, you do now? Well, I kill Christians. Yeah. And you want to make more Christians? I, and to, what, to kill them? <laughs> now, that is, isn't, isn't that ludicrous? But if you read Acts, and he was killing Christians, and then one day Jesus zapped him on the road to Damascus, and he was instantly transformed, and his past became the past, and his sin became the past, and his killing, his, his killing days were over, and he became a person that used to kill Christians, and then he made more followers of Christ. Amen. In one act of Jesus Christ, freedom from all of that, and Jesus wants to do the same thing for you. He wants you to put your past in the past. Amen. And you're probably thinking, man, you don't know my life. You don't know the struggles. You don't know. Well, you know what? Maybe at 10.30, maybe you sinned. Maybe 10.30 this morning, you've sinned. You're like, okay, I better get to church. <laughs> well, you know what? Right now at 11, whatever it is right now, you know what's a good time to start? Right now. What's a, good, what's a good time to start walking? Right now. And maybe you're saying right. Maybe maybe you're going. I'm at rock bottom. You know what? That's a good place because at rock bottom, only place to go is up. <laughs> so start walking in, in Christ. And you know what? There is no condemnation in Christ here because of the freedom that Jesus wants to give you. Walk in it. And so I want to give you a couple pointers here. Um, how do you walk? Instead of just knowing, how do you walk in the freedom of Christ? I, I have three pieces of advice I want to give you. Just from personal walking with him and, 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 and experiencing his freedom, getting shacked in the Lord. I love that. Getting barreled in the Lord and just going, man, I, I, and I want you guys to have it as well. And I want to refer back to Romans 12. Right? Paul said, then you will learn what is God's will, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. I want that. I don't know about you guys, but I hope every single person will be going, yeah, that sounds pretty good to me. Well, what do you got to do? You have to become a, whole, a living and holy sacrifice for the Lord. Now, how, how does that happen? Now, that, I think it's a really interesting statement for, for one reason. Because back in the Old Testament, for the forgiveness of sins to happen, back before Jesus Christ, they had to kill an animal. They had to bleed an animal. They had to actually kill it and then burn it on an altar. And that was how the priests, the the Levites, uh uh, got forgiveness of sin for the israelite community and that's the same thing that jesus did on the cross for us he actually died for us and he was the one sacrifice for all but now paul is going i plead with you to give your bodies to offer your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice now here's the problem you're still living a dead sacrifice stays on the altar a living sacrifice can get off. <laughs> Are you with me? He's you, like, okay, Lord, here I am. I'm a, I'm a living and holy sacrifice for you. <sniffs> Stoke up the fire. Let's do this. I know that's a little graphic, but we can be on the altar and be like, that's a little uncomfortable. That's a little hot. It's getting a little hot. I, I don't like this anymore. I'm going to go back to my old life. Anybody with me? I'm going to get off the altar. I'm, I, I, I try so hard to be a living sacrifice for you, Lord. But you know what? Jesus never promised that Christianity and following him would be easy. He actually said, if you really read it, it's actually going to be hard. It's actually going to be hard. And he didn't make any promises. But you know what he also promised? I will be with you. I will give you my power. That's why he sent the Holy Spirit in the first place. And so if you're thinking, man, I don't know if I can do that, Tom. That's, that sounds like a tall order. Well, you know what? It's a tall order for all of us. But we have an awesome, incredible God that is going to walk us and hold us and be with us and have our back. If you don't believe me, I'm going to read some more Romans, if you don't mind. And in Romans 8 is actually one of my favorite. And I always say that, but there's, I have a lot of favorites. Uh, I, think we, I think Romans 8 is one of the greatest chapters in, in the Bible, actually. Go home and read it because it, it like builds up. It's like one of those, those chapters that like build up steam, and by the end of it, you're just like, yeah, you're just zesty. Just read chapter, chapter 8. Um, but I am going to read from uh, Romans 8, verse 26. And it says this, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. That's a good start right there to know that in our weaknesses, in our sin, even though we still struggle with it and we wanna do what is right, but we keep on doing what is wrong, and it's like, but the Holy Spirit's all know, I will fill in those gaps for you. I I will help you in your lowest points, in the places where you falter, and the Holy Spirit helps you us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. And this is the famous verse, 828. And we know, and we sang it this Uh, Morning, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purposes for them. That's a great verse right there. And it keeps on going. For God knew his people in advance and he chose them to become like his son so that his son will be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And having chosen them, he called them to come to him. And having called them, he gave them right standing with himself. And having given them right standing, he gave them his glory. That's powerful right there. And you're giving me looks like I don't understand it. Well, I'll describe it to you. But this scripture alone, I hope that encourages you because from the get-go, if you're saying, oh man, you're right, that is a tough thing to do to be a living and holy sacrifice for the Lord. Well, first and foremost, the Holy Spirit will help you in your weakness. Yes, then God says, I will turn all things, which means the good, the bad, the ugly, I will turn everything in your life, I will turn it for all for good for those who are called to my name. Come on, that's worth celebrating. Amen. Then, and I think, Romans 8.28 overshadows this verse. Then he says verse 30. Everyone knows Romans 8.28, but do you know Romans 8.30? And read it. Just, just let it soak in. Because what it's saying is, I chose you. Okay, I'm going I'm to bring a Bob, my imaginary friend again. If you guys have heard me before, I always bring a Bob. Bob was chosen by God. God saw Bob and went, Bob, I choose you. And because I choose you, I will call to you bob and then bob goes yes come to me okay i come to you so now that bob has answered jesus's call he is right there before him and then because he has answered that call jesus says now i will give you right standing with me what does that mean that means i will forgive you of your sin that means i will give you eternal life you'll become a child that was your day of salvation That you have right standing before the Lord, which means you can stand before the holy God, holy and blameless. That's a good place to be. And you know what? We can stop there, can't we? We, All of us, right? We can can stop there and going, I am right with God. That's awesome. The most amazing thing is God didn't stop there. He didn't stop at just making you right before his sight. He said, I will give you my glory. Now, a lot of you looking like, what does that mean? And here's the only way I can describe that, is that when we are free to walk in the perfect, good, and pleasing will of the Lord Jesus Christ, we are in a place, we're in the sweet spot of His graces. God's going, okay, I'm going to pour my glory on you so that you can display it to the whole world. Are you hearing me? He wants to give us His glory so that we can display it and make Him, make Him even more famous. He wants to give us joy. He wants to give us peace. He wants to cast out depression. He wants to give us the Holy Spirit fruits, patience, kindness, all that. He wants to make us a step above the world. You're going, what is up with those people? He wants to give us spiritual gifts. He wants to help us in our weaknesses. And people say, that's a crutch. Crutch? Crutch? That's a crutch. But we're like, no way. I am living this incredible life, uh, these incredible bennies, these benefits of freedom that Jesus has given me. Are you with me? He wants to to put that on you, and because of that, the world's going to look at you and go, what is up with that? And you're going to go, it's Jesus inside of me. It's Jesus working through me. It's Jesus' glory. And here's the most amazing thing is the fact that I'm a pastor, and you would think, "I've, I've, I've gotten all the glory that God can give me. No way. I have more. I have way more, and I can't wait for it. And he has more for you too. There's no stopping until I see him face to face and I get to see his glory in person. But he wants to display and give you give more. And I, I'm going to say it this way. You're zesty. You think you're zesty now? You're going to be zestier. The zest is yet to come. You better laugh. We worked really hard on that joke. We worked hard on that one. The zest is yet to come. We, we, we meet. We meet with the pastors and we go, dude, that's a good joke. You got to say that the zest is yet to come. I promise you. And it's so true, isn't it? But you have to walk in Jesus Christ. And here's a, a, I want to give you uh, just, just three pieces of advice to be zestified. I'm going to say that. And to actually walk in his freedom and to actually display his glory. And how do you get to that point? Well, I have three pieces of advice that I've used in my life. And I've seen the fruit. I've seen um, me walking in his freedom. And the first uh, piece of advice I want to give you is to ask God to activate you. And what do I mean by that? So many times in our prayer life, and this is not bad, there's nothing wrong with it, but our prayer life can turn into asking God every single time to act. Right? God, heal my father. Um, God, give me a job, supply me a house, give me finances, please save my brother. Um, We have all this and we were asking and we're leaving it up to God to act, which is, that's fine, because God does amazing things, amen? Amen. But we can get trapped in that and we never ask God how we should act. Are you hearing me? We never ask God some really good questions of, God, change me so that I can change the world through you and that i can display your glory and sometimes we don't ask those questions some good questions to ask on a monday morning tomorrow is to wake up and go god what do you want me to do today that's a good question how do you want me to how how do you want to use me what is your purpose and your plan for this morning he might give you an answer Another good question is, Lord, how do you view me? Who am I to you? And you will find out how he created you, how he made you, and exactly the perfect place that he wants to place you in the body of Christ. Because a lot of us are looking, I want to try this, I want to try that. But we never ask God where he wants us to be. And we're just like, okay, I'll just do whatever it is. And that's good, but I would rather be in the sweet spot. How about you? Um, Here's another tough question to ask. Actually, one of the toughest. God, what offends you? Holy Spirit, test me and try, and try me and try my anxious thoughts. Look at me, look inside of me because so many times we ask God a request but we never get personal with him because we're going, dude, dude can you do this, Lord? Can you do this, Lord? And it never, we never get to this, this talk and he so desperately wants to go, how about you, Tom? What do you need to change in yourself? What's offensive to you? Woo, got real quiet right now, okay. Um, the second piece of advice I want to give you which is related to the first piece of advice Um, do what he says. (laughs) I mean, you're like, yeah. Because here's the problem with asking those questions to the Lord. He might answer you. He might actually give you an answer. And you're like, huh? And and really what I'm talking about is obedience. (laughs) Just simple obedience to the Lord because you will learn how to, and and I want to encourage you guys. Maybe you're going to go home and go, you know what, Pastor? I didn't hear his voice. I didn't hear it. Keep knocking. Keep asking, keep seeking. Well, he will answer, he will give you an answer. You just gotta learn how to listen. But when he does, obey. Yeah. And you know what? I'm gonna say it right now. That is not the easiest thing to do. That is not the easiest thing to do. It happened to me this week. How many of you guys are reading the Holy Spirit book by John Bevere? Anybody? Yeah. Okay, how many guys hated that chapter three? <laughs> really irritating chapter <laughs> because there was one part about it that talks about grieving the Holy Spirit. And I went to the devos, and I promised God, you know what, I'm going to do the devos, because usually I just kind of, I, I pass those questions, because I just want to read the book. And I read the devos, and then one of the first questions in the devo was like, okay, right now, why don't you take a minute and ask the Holy Spirit, what grieves Him? And so I put my book down, and I took a minute, and I, and I said, no. No, I do not want to ask that question. No, I do not want to do that. I took a minute to actually (laughs) refuse the Devo. And why? Because I didn't want to know the answer. Because if I knew the answer and if God actually said something to me, then I would probably have to listen to him. And I didn't want to listen to him. Anybody with me? I didn't want to do it. And so many times God's going, just ask me the right question. I will tell you the answer because you know why? I want to set you more free than you are now. I want to actually give you more of my glory so that I can work through you so that I, you can display my glory to the world. But this is holding you back. Anybody with me? And sometimes we gotta have to tough, ask the tough question or even just the obedience of where God wants to step, step you up to. He's, he's telling you something going, oh, I'm not sure. And my third piece of advice for you guys is Don't shy away from God's glory. Don't shy away from God's glory. And what do I mean by that? Uh, God, if you ask him these questions, he will answer you. He will give you an answer, but that answer, like I said, might be really scary. Might be something beyond your comfort zone. Might be something that's beyond your capabilities, and you're thinking, no way I can do that. And, And a lot of us, especially in Hawaii... When, God, when, when we're offered an opportunity, what do we say? Come on, locals. Oh, shame. <laughs> a shame. I don't want to do that. I don't want to step into that. No, Trevor's doing that worship thing. God's doing, telling you to do the worship thing. No, I don't want to do that. They, they, they got it covered. Or Oh, um, we need a, a children's church uh, a teacher. Like, oh, no, we got, they got enough over there. And we shy away when God's telling us and giving us specific instructions, and we hold back. And we never see the miracle. This happened to me just recently. How many of you guys remember the time uh, when I was the interim pastor? Anybody? There? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sticking with me. Thank you. I was, uh, for a while, our pastor, our lead pastor was on sabbatical. He had to take a break, a well-needed break. And I, I uh, was the interim lead pastor. And so I remember the staff meeting. We were just sitting there one day and we we're just like, okay. And then they're just like, okay, basically, Tom, you're in charge. And I was like, deer caught in the headlights, like, what? Like, I'm in charge, like, the buck stops with me, I am the interim lead pastor, and I was like, I didn't feel equipped, I didn't feel like I could do it, I'm like, I'm not Carl, and Carl's still the lead pastor, we didn't get rid of him, he's still in charge, so he should be it. and I was struggling, and in, in my seeking the Lord, the Lord specifically told me, you know what? Don't say you're the the interim lead pastor anymore. Right now, in this time, I created you for this one time period. You are the lead pastor. You have to step up to it, and you can't shy away from my glory. Now, don't be too proud of me, because I still didn't listen to the Lord. I'm stubborn. It takes me a while. Still didn't listen to him. Oh, man, I know I'm the interim lead pastor. I'm just going to, whatever it is, I'm not going to step into it. And I remember Pastor uh, Mike Kai from Inspire, he came to... Uh, to encourage our church staff. And he came with uh, Pastor Lisa as well, his wife. And he did an encouraging word for us, and we're all hyped up. And he turned to me, and he said, And Tom, I know you. Because he does know me. I'm like, oh, great. You are not the interim lead pastor right now. You are the lead pastor. Step into it. And then, really meekly, I said, Yes, sir, I will be in charge. Okay. It's... <laughs> And I just, it was confirmed the word. And you know what? I, at, to the best of my ability, I, in my mind, I said, you know what? I will step up to the plate. I will be the lead pastor of this church because that's what God created me to be in this time frame. I stepped up into God's glory. Thank the Lord that it's not no longer I don't have to do that anymore. Praise God. Because God has called me to new things. That's great. And Pastor Carl is back. Praise the Lord. But in that time being, I had to step up. And I want to encourage you guys. Are you stepping up to what God has called you to do? Yeah. Or are you shying away from it? And please, don't get me wrong. I'm not talking about something that you want a label or a, a title or whatever it is. You have, to have, you have to be humble, and you have to have a real honest assessment of yourself. But also, don't, don't say that you can't do this if God has really gifted you to do that. Yeah, amen. I mean, I, for exa- I know some, some guys who want to be pastors, but God didn't call them to do that. God called him to do something else. And maybe you're called to be a, if, if God wants to glorify, display his glory in you, maybe he wants you to be a glorified realtor. Maybe he wants you to be a glorified teacher. Maybe he wants you to be a glorified student. Maybe he wants you to be a glorified barista. Because he wants to display his glory in you wherever you're at. It doesn't matter. But are you doing that? Or are you just a barista? No, God wants you to be a glorified one. He wants you to be one. Um, Here's the most amazing thing. I have no idea who this person is. I don't know who this woman is, but she goes to our church, and I just heard last week that this woman just got into some money. She got into some inheritance, whatever that is, and you know what she decided to do with it? You know what God's calling her to do? She's gonna buy a home. Not for herself. She's gonna create a safe house for sex trafficking victims. I'm not talking someone from the mainland. I'm not talking, we're talking someone that sits in your seats. I don't have no idea who she is, but God has called her to that. And she has the boldness and the willingness and the freedom to step into the glory that God has for her. Are you willing to do that? And you know what? I know it's scary. I know you're probably like, huh, freaking out right now. And you're thinking, man, God has said stuff to me and maybe, maybe you're just afraid to even ask. Here's the thing, one thing I wanna say. It should be scary. It should be scary, why? Because it's from God. And God's vision is bigger than our vision and it should take some faith. It should drive us to our knees and go, God, please give me the, equip me to do this. Give me the knowledge to do this. Give me the ability to do this. Lord, help me in my weakness. Because God's vision is way bigger. It should blow our own vision of what we think is possible in the human realm because God wants to work in the spiritual realm. And his vision is way bigger. So it should take faith. But like I said, God is with us. And I want to close with Romans 8, the end of it, which is, like I said, one of the greatest chapters in the Bible in my my book. And it ends with this, Romans 8, verse 35. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death, as the scriptures say, for your sake, we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. Doesn't stop there. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels, nor demons, neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Now, come on. He is for us. Who can be against us? Let's bow our heads and pray. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for the freedom that you have given us by you, Jesus, by your, your act on the cross and, and by the resurrection. You have allowed us to step into your sweet spot, the plan that you have for us. And I pray that for every single person here that we would learn to listen to you, that we would act, actually ask the right questions. Who are we to you? What, what is your plan for us? What do you want me to do? Activate us, God. And Lord, give us the strength to hear your voice and to obey it. And let us not shy away from your glory that you have for us, Lord. Let us be a living and holy sacrifice for you. Then we will know how good and pleasing and perfect your will is for us. That is true freedom. That is real life. Thank you for that, Lord Jesus.